are you doing? Hello. From deep cuts to future classics. On location and behind the scenes. Somewhere between reasonable and crazy. It was no more complicated than that. Let's skip intro and find out what to watch on Netflix. Coming up. I've never had a reaction like it. It made me realise that everyone's grieving. What I put on is a front and I give the impression I'm coping. It made me reflect and think, wow, have I ever actually been in love? Technology will come and go, fads will come and go, but one human being telling another human being a story around the campfire is what we came from. I don't believe we've met. What's your name? Welcome to What to Watch on Netflix. This is the final episode in this season, but good grief have we saved you an absolute cracker till last. If you're watching this, then I'm not around anymore. But don't spiral, don't obsess. Keep going. So how are you? A good day is when I don't go around wanting to shoot random strangers in the face and then turn the gun on myself. That's right. The long-awaited second series of Afterlife is coming to Netflix on the 24th of April. Ricky Gervais's pathos-steeped comedy arrived out of the blue less than a year ago and completely blew our minds. Tony's journey through grief as he mourns the death of his wife, Lisa, and ponders the meaning of life is raw, emotional and, thankfully, very bloody funny. Whilst we, the audience, didn't know whether to laugh or cry, one thing was for sure, Ricky was completely on top of his game. The second series picks up where the first left off and for what to watch on Netflix season finale, it's my absolute pleasure to make it an Afterlife special, which is a good job as I've got some very special guests. Hello, I'm Ricky Gervais, off Afterlife. I'm Kerry Godlinman, also off Afterlife. I'm Tony Way, off Afterlife. And I'm Joe Hartley, off Afterlife. Afterlife. Back for season two, Ricky, what the hell are you trying to do to us? Can our emotions withstand more of this? Well, I think most people's can. Joe's can't. (laughs) (laughs) Joe watched all six episodes and she said she cried at the opening song. (laughs) She said she rolled off the sofa. At one point, yeah. That was episode five, yeah. I watched the open episode with Joe and she cried before the title Afterlife came up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, can we just play a little bit of uh, a message that she left on Tony's phone? No, please. Not yeah. fair. That was Not last fair. night when she watched it. So she just watched... Were you here? Did he right? just watched episode five? Yes, yeah, I'm not give anything away. End of four, and then it was halfway through five. And she yeah, thought it was fine of... to text me this. Oh, my God. I've just finished... <laughs> just finished episode five. I don't think I can cope. <laughs> <laughs> right. One more to go. So beautiful. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, glad that's, that really, that's great. What what oh, a great man. review that is. Seriously, though, <laughs> that um, was that. You yeah. know what? It's really it's really unusual, and it doesn't happen a lot. They all laugh at me for crying, but it, when you have that much emotion just come out like that, it mm. was like projectile tears. <laughs> yeah, there are there are bits that are uh, are. Um, I, I think some people won't be able to cope with a few bits. There are, you know, and and, and I found that obviously. It is a love story, really. I realised that it's a love story. It was like, was it? It was that thing they used for ET, the the greatest story ever told between a kid and his alien, right? Mm. And uh, this is like a greatest love story ever told between a man and his dead wife. <laughs> and it really is about that. And the and I also found that the flashbacks where he's watching um, uh, his wife, the happier they are, the sadder it is. Yes. Because it comes back to we realise exactly what he's lost and why he's like he is, and he's just trying to cope. And there are, 
you know, there are seven stages to grief and uh, he's gone through all the, the, the shock and denial and anger and now he's just trying to make sense. Now he's trying to... Um, he's trying to reason with the world. What can I do to survive? What can I do? Um, you know, and it, and it asked a big question from the first season and all through the second. When you lose everything, is life still worth living? That's the question it asks and answers, really. And season one, as you say, it, it told a very real, a very honest story. Did you find that the feedback from people that had been through this was quite overwhelming? I've I- never had a reaction like it. What's special about the reaction... Um, is people talking about their own grief. It made me realise that everyone's grieving. And it made me realise that everyone is suffering from some form of, um, uh, not mental illness, that's too strong, but uh, something, anxiety, fear. You know, just, everyone is suffering from something. They're not, they're not completely comfortable with the world. And, and it made me realise that everyone's got a bit of that, to, to, you know, to, uh, a matter of degrees. But we're all we're all worried about something. We've all got things going on, and uh, that's what really made me realise that. Yeah. What about the rest of you? Did you realise that you were part of something that was this special when you when you did the first series? I was on holiday and I got stopped in the street by. <clears throat> I normally get stopped in the street by teenage boys that have seen the LEG film, or hmm. it's not. I was stopped by sort of sixty to seventy year old, sort of quite middle class women in the street, I've never, I've never seen anything I've ever done, who wanted to tell me that it reminded of when their, reminded of when their husband died yeah. or their, their parents or their dog or any... Yeah. It was all about... And sometimes it wasn't even that someone had died. It was like they'd had a bad time and it, they liked seeing real life being shown. I think that's it. I think this is... I think people try and um, label this and all it is is just real. And I think people water down um, or rub off the harsh edges of reality sometimes. I think, oh, that's too much. Mm. That's too much for people to see. Why are we second-guessing what an audience can see? They've been through it. It's mad where we also, second-guess... Also, it stays with it. That's the interesting thing about the piece. It doesn't use it as a plot device and then we get somewhere else. We stay with it. There's a bit in this one where I loved it when Tony's saying, I, I kind of... This is with me now all the time mm. and I'm managing and what I put on is a front and I give the impression I'm coping, but I'm only just about holding it together. And that's so true for so many people. That's what I, I sort of learned from people, that, that, you know, tweets and people coming up to me, that um, they get through the day yeah. by remembering what it was to be normal. Yes. You yeah. know? One day at a time. It's that thing about yeah. literally not going the week, the month, my life in, in sort of macro. It's micro. It's like one day at a time. Well, it's a thing that's going to happen to all of us and it's we avoid it until it actually happens and then when it does happen, it's kind of, you feel guilty for laughing, you feel, I've lost a parent and it's only now, I mean, it was 30 years ago that I lost a parent and it's like, it's still as fresh and as sort of raw sometimes now, although the emotion's not there as much as it, it was when it first, I mean, when it first happened, it was like, that you just avoid it, but then you go through a period, but it is totally with you for the rest of your life. Well, I think that's the thing as well, that this is isn't the natural order of things. You grow up when you're a kid, you lose a pet, then you lose your grandparents, then you lose your parents. Mm. But losing a life partner mm. is too early. Prematurely, It's yeah. something else. I yeah. think it's something else because uh, that's what the flashbacks show. It's, he's, he's not just lost 
a wife or... He's lost uh, his future. He's, he's lost everything. He's, yeah. he, he invested everything in her. He says, I had no ambition, I didn't work late, I didn't want to go, I just wanted to get home and spend every moment with Lisa. And he said, I made the right decision. You know, so um, I think that's the thing that we know. And he says, I've lost everything. I've lost a piece of myself. I've lost all the fun. Yeah. Well, you should, yeah, the, I don't, without giving anything away, but you, you watch back events, only watch back events, not just... Um, the, the sort of talking and stuff from Lisa, he watched back. He's watching back old family videos as well. Yeah, and you can see that he hasn't just lost lost Lisa. He's lost the way he used to live yeah. entirely. The way he used yeah. to react with people is is a completely different. And a, I, I, you know, a, a I gave job. him enough. You know, I gave him I gave him a, a nice job and a nice house and a nice circle of friends and a lovely dog, and it, it was it's a nice place and it's sunny. And I wanted to show that it doesn't matter what's going on if it's not right in your head, mm. it's not right. It doesn't matter what you've got. It doesn't matter no, if you're a billionaire doesn't. living in a, a gold mansion. If you're not happy in your head, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. Happiness is everything. Yeah. Happiness is all that matters. And, uh, and he, hasn't, he, he hasn't got that and he doesn't, know, he doesn't know how to get it back. So he relives, he relives when he was happy. And he comes from many things, that. But it, one of the things that sort of... When I after I'd seen it, it made me reflect on because the relationship between um, you guys it's like so beautiful, and it made me reflect and think, wow, have I ever actually been in love? Mm. And that was something that was quite profound, and it only happened after watching this this series. And it, they all laugh at me for crying, but actually, it takes quite a lot to, especially from like a little comedy drama what this is supposed to be it's supposed to be like a comedy but actually it was like wow this has got a lot of depth and and gravity and actually this is a universal thing that everybody can identify with and I think that's what we're looking for as human beings identification and that kindness and love and compassion and I think that's the journey that 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 this character goes through um you know, and it's really beautiful, I, I think. think. you're right. It was, it's so much more than a comedy. I know for a fact, me and my circle of friends that watched it, we were so emotionally invested to the point where, Kerry, it's almost... It's strange even seeing you here. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is... It's Lisa. Yeah. She's... It's like you're I'm here saying from, when like it came out, so I was walking my dog and some builders shouted, oh, my God, she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a bit weird. People yeah. have said that. What's it, they what's it been like, like for oh, you as well? Dead. Because did you film all the alive bits in one go? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny for you because you don't really get to meet anyone else. No, I don't yeah. see anyone else. That's we why the wedding her. was fun because we had oh, a day. Of course. So I yeah. was with top, you know, because normally I'm either on my own, of course you're there because you're directing, but I'm not with cast, other cast. But this time we were because we had this big wedding, which is broken up across the whole six, isn't it? There's yeah. bits of this wedding across the whole, which of course is the happiest of days. It's my brother's wedding, you know everyone's there we're so happy we're all in our cups we're all dancing it's just it's peak joy to contrast with the depths of grief so it's yeah. kind of it, it has it really hits hard those wedding bits really hit hard is it strange for you to watch this because you are such a pivotal part of the story while also kind of sitting outside of a lot of what's happening. What's that like to watch? I sometimes forget I'm in it because I'm, I, I sort of, she's dropped in, isn't she? And yeah. then I'll be like fully absorbed in all their stuff. And then 
There I am. Like. Didn't you say you came home and Ben was... Oh, Ben said, right, old mess. My husband is a terrible mess. When he watches it, he's like, well, that's Yay. my wife. That's, that's actually my wife. And then he's now he's worried. He's like, I'm going to end up like Tony when you go. He's, oh, he's, it, wow. it, because it's... Because it's inevitable that one of you is going to die before the other one. And when you're in a relationship, you do have to... This forces you to reflect on mortality. That is sort of one of those things that our culture is quite good at avoiding. And it forces it. It forces that reflection. And and it's funny as well, because it's ambiguous what, um, I suppose, the kindness that I want to die first, but that's selfish. Well, Tony's yes. I'll be out of it. Wow, yeah, yeah of course. I, I, I am selfish. I want to die first. Selfishly, I want to die first. And Tony almost feels guilty about that. Feels yeah. guilty about being sad because yeah. she suffered with cancer and he's like, well, that trumps depression. And I gave you that know. to Anne in the graveyard when she says, I'd rather um, live without him than have him live without me. And that's, that's lovely. So she is glad her husband went first because she knows she, he couldn't cope with it. So she's taken on. Just do you know what I'm saying? Is there's a weird Oh Joe's Joe's bottom lip's gone again. Well, because that's what my mum said. And it's oh. really I know, I know, I know. It's brilliant, isn't it? What a great show. <laughs> I know, oh, no. I'm not. I'm, I must 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 be midlife or something. I really wanted to hang out with Lisa, I thank you. <laughs> Some tissues have just come in. <laughs> I love Lisa. i I think yeah. she's got an amazing spirit and it's like there's one moment actually um that I actually can't think about without crying. What is it without giving me a clue? I can't tell you because because Go on, you can do it. What episode we'll is get it? you through it. Oh, it's early on because I was with um um Tony watching it and it's it's when you the first time you oh. see see oh, yeah. Lisa at one moment. Uh, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. say it because I don't want to spoil <clears> it, but you'll all, you'll all know and it just it 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 it's the end of episode two when he's yeah. when he's remembering her. Yeah, her, her, yeah and yeah, I just thought, oh, yeah, God. that's that that's tough. Yeah, but I love I love the synchronicity in the show, and I love I love the lightness as well in the moments. Yeah, there are that jokes is in what, it as well. Yeah, that is what life yeah. is like. Could I just say it's? I think it's funnier than series one. I think there's funnier moments. The cast come together a lot more. There's a lot more interaction with the players. <laughs> I, I think series one was Tony travelling round between different groups of people, mm. but now. They, they sort of mingle, worlds collide. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a story and relationships cross over. So it's like this strange little... It's nearly surreal how small and quaint this village is. Um, and uh, it's much more obviously an ensemble piece than a man walking his dog. Um, which is a comment on Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> there was Twitter, um, one thing. I, I, I mean, literally, there's been tens of thousands of tweets... I mean, it's, it's crazy. I can't... I try and answer them all, and I just can't. But one that stood out was, um, Afterlife is um, a man walking his dog, and it's amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. No, Accurate, in yeah, some ways. Exactly, yeah. I was in San Francisco just after the first one came out and there was people literally grabbing me saying, please send this message to Rick. I remember sending you a few messages. Yeah. It was just beautiful, really. Yeah, I was in Florence and uh, it really hit with young Italian men. They, uh, they all, <laughs> loads of them, 
they couldn't speak English barely, and they would just run over and go, they loved after. Oh, that's great. Oh. That's I don't know great. if they, whoever dubs your voice in Italy, maybe he's that huge. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> seen I've seen a couple. I've seen Spanish and French, and and it's really weird. It sounds like me. Oh, oh that's weird. Oh, it's, that's uh, weird. I, I I go oh. That that sounds like my voice speaking Spanish or French or That's which brilliant. is really weird because I've heard the Spanish Homer Simpson and it's not Homer Simpson it's really <laughs> not the same right I, I remember John Cleese talking about he was he had a thing, he's a sat nav isn't he yeah he was he was in no he's in Shrek <laughs> he's he was in yeah, he's he's like, oh yeah he's in, he's in, he's in Shrek yeah. and he said but obviously when it's dubbed in other languages that's a different person doing it and it's a cartoon so I'm not in it. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible realization! Like John Cleese at the end, but I'm not in it. Yeah, yeah. I have to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. The other thing that was really um, that stood out was like the music and the choices of songs because there were some of those really took me back to like sort of yeah when I was like. I don't know, 18, 90, some of the songs in there are amazing. It's a brilliant opening you. song. The opening songs. I've always wanted fantastic. to use it. Fantastic. I've yeah. always wanted to use that song. Is that song. the one I cried to? Yeah. I, you, yeah, I mean, what didn't you cry to? I mean, it's one of the, <laughs> it is one of the most fun things for me, putting um, the, the, my favourite tunes of all time and making them work and uh, putting them in a certain context. And I've never really had the budget to do that before. I think traditionally, certainly in TV... Um, the music budget is what's left over if you're lucky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why there's so much library music on TV, just like, just noise. But to be able to choose, you know, in, in this one uh, alone, there's like, there's, there's, there's Bowie and, mm. you know, uh, Luther Vandross. Yeah, some that's, great wedding music That was there. the some thing. Some great wedding yeah. music. The, yeah. it, was, it was Lionel, it was... It, it's such a shame that music that costs like that because it does bring out something really special when you can just make that choice of what you actually want. Well, you realise music's in that. our lives yes. all the time at our weddings and our it's weekends and whatever. We we having these soundtracks, so yeah. to see it in a my real brother, life is my brother had those songs at his wedding and that it just yeah can't wait for him to see it. it made me feel really like yeah. wow, it took me back. Oh my god, I'm going to cry again. again. <laughs> I know, I know. I, am, I know I'm mentally ill, but I'm not. You know, I'm getting better in a good way. <laughs> In a good way. I loved it when you said we all are because we are kind of all on the spectrum. Well, of course we are. And that's why people love well, the show. Of course we are. And the yeah, older yeah. we get, the more problems there are in the world well, to I can't contend with. It. It's incredible. We, you think you'd get it together, and then something happens, like yeah. social media. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, imagine being a teenager today mm. with social media. I know. It's another so threat to mm. your well-being. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something happens. You know, so yeah, the more you get, the, and the more grief you've got. The more people have died, you know, the more yeah. loss you've got. It, you, it's accumulative. I thought I'd leave you a little guide to life without me. You're lovely, but you're absolutely fucking useless. Stay active. It's not ideal to be a fat, lazy, self-pitying lump. You know how grumpy you get when things don't go your way. You've got such a good heart. You're born like it. You're just decent. This is Sandy. If you could show her the ropes, tell her what's what. Humanity is a plague. We're a disgusting, selfish parasite, and the world would be a better place without us. Is that the sort of thing you meant? No. Was it therapeutic to make something like this then? Because even seeing you now being visibly emotional about a project you've been part of, I guess sometimes you need you need things to take you to that place. I think because when you it's like we create our own heroes and villains in fiction as role play for the soul. But 
your body doesn't know the difference. So when you see something sad that isn't really happening, you cry like it was happening, and then you feel better. Mm. So actually, going through the emotions is good. It's a workout. It's, 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 it's going to the gym for your soul. That's what, that's what something like this is. And the, and the more extreme and the more euphoric <coughs> and the more, you know, uh, the more real something is, the better the workout. Yeah, allowing yourself to feel it and not being embarrassed about yeah. that. And I think, you know, tears are not bad. Laughter's good. We think laughter's good. Tears are good too. You know? Yeah, they if are. It's, it's that thing of holding on to it. Don't be morbid. You know, you say at one point, uh, don't dwell in it. Don't, don't... Well, you say he's addicted to grief. Yeah, at no, you say at the table to Mandeep's character, to, yeah. to Sandy, you know, don't dwell or whatever. And I think, yeah, that's a good principle to follow. Keep going, keep stay present, keep going, but accept the grief and... You know, and that's to everyone I, out there. I think it's because the, the more humanity there is in a, in, in fiction, um, uh, the more it resonates because it's the one thing we all identify with, a good story. Technology will come and go. Fads will come and go. You know, uh, CGI will come and go. But one human being telling another human being a story around the campfire is what we came from. Mm. That's what we came from. That will never go away. That, 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 nothing is more interesting than someone you know telling you a story. There's nothing more... You could be watching the best film ever on TV and if your neighbour's shouting and being taken away, you're at the window. Yeah. You know, what's happening? That's normal we, where I live. We, we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're fascinated with real life. We're fascinated with real life. You know, we, we, we made jokes at my mum and dad's funeral. We're crying and we're laughing. Uh, so I knew it was possible. My, my thought was, can the audience take it? And I decided, yes, they can, because if I've gone through it, I bet they have too. It's just that we don't talk about it much. People don't talk about taboo subjects because they think it's, it's scary for others. Um, I think everyone comes to the table with good intentions, like this, let's make an uncompromised show that's laughter and, and real life and that's swearing and angst and crazy, and then it starts getting watered down when an executive says, you know, if you take out one of the C words, we can put it out at nine o'clock. You know, if you don't know, mm. oh, you shouldn't do that because they're very, they're very militant, those, that group you're going up. And soon it becomes like everything else. Whereas, um, you know, I don't know why we second-guess people watching at home. Because they're going through all this. It's not, it's not hard. No one's going, I'm terribly offended. You know? And if they are, it means nothing these days. Ten years ago, if someone said, I'm offended by that, you looked into it. You were, oh, God, what, what would a... Now you go, yeah, I bet you are. Who cares? Everyone is. <laughs> Do you, when, when you know you... what I mean? Because yeah. everyone wants to be heard for being offended. So um, I, I think if you stick to your guns... And I'll pick on a point you said earlier about... Um, how you got older, you don't care what people think of you. I think that's true. When I first became famous, I really feared it. I thought, oh, my God, what, what when someone says something untrue about me or nasty about me? And then it happens, you think, it's fine. They're, you know, they're not coming to my door. And I think the mistake we make when we're growing up is we think reputation is everything. And it is important, but it's what strangers think of you. Character is what, who you really are and who your friends know you as. So that's all you have to worry about. Can you sleep at night? And if you can, you're probably all right. You're probably OK. If I do and say what the fuck I want, and then when it all gets too much, I can always kill myself. It's like a superpower. That's the worst superhero I've ever heard of. Why don't you throw yourself into your work, OK? That's what depressed people do. We're putting out a free local newspaper that no-one cares about. That's not true. I've seen lonely people, people dying, people in pain. I don't think I've ever met anyone quite sad as him. Got something for your front cover. 
Freddie Mercury's tooth. He's disgusting. Brian, not everyone can get in the paper. Not everyone's fingered Jackie Collins. Have you? No. Cheers. Okay. See you again. People know you as somebody that makes relatable comedy, as somebody that isn't scared to touch a subject. Did you ever self-censor? Did you ever oh, go always. through the... Of course I do. I, I self-censor for many reasons. Is that fair? Is that, is that personal? Can they help that? Um, so were there it, things that you took out? Uh, well, not in this, because you sort of get it right. So are you, you usually take out things for quality or length these days. So I know where I'm going. I've, I've thought about things all my life. And that's what people don't realise, that when I do a stand-up show and they go, oh, that's a bit harsh, they think I've gone out there and gone crazy for a second. <laughs> I've worked that. That's, been, that's still... been road tested by 800,000 people. And then, uh, then someone writes an article, it takes them two minutes, and they think they've put more thought into that joke than I have. No, 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 no. No, that joke's bulletproof. Um, and so you've got to be confident, but you still, I still don't go out and go, I don't care what I say, it's just a joke, get over it. I really make sure that I can justify everything I do, and there's a reason to it. And, and you shouldn't talk about that subject isn't good enough. That is not an argument. There's no subject you can't talk about or joke about. It depends on the joke. And uh, um, I, I, I refuse to believe there is a subject that can't be discussed. Yeah, the audience are really smart as well. Like, not, this is not a show... This is not over-dramatised and kind of... It's, sen it's not over-sentimental. It's, like, it's real and truthful. And I think when you're on set with these guys, like, it's very... You know, you can see that you've... Ricky's, like, really thought this through and it's kind of some things are, you know, just come out of nothing, but it's very rare. It's all kind of put together in a way, but, you know, but it's also feels very relaxed and fun and, like, almost like nothing's happening. And then when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, we're this not all sitting there. This is insanely, like, well thought through and beautifully put together. And it's like, we're not. We're not all sat there We're not there sat going, there gravely it's first take, worried usually. and trying to, <laughs> trying to make it sad. It's, first take yeah, and then it's you're It's always out. real, isn't it? I think just it, be real. Just yeah. be real. Yeah, and that's, it's, and that, and that's, that's enough. Hard. There's an amazing bit. I think it's when you're talking to Mandeep in this series where you... Oh, God. You, it's not... I mean, you've cried with Mandeep before in the, in the first season. You're both sort of crying about something... And you just laugh at the end of the crime. Yeah. And there's no joke there, but no. you're, you've like Tony's thought of something funny, or he's, yeah. Look, oh, I was looking at himself thinking, I'm crying again. And yeah. finds that funny. That's so real. That's mm. just what. Yeah. yeah. more comfortable we go, together. I sort of go back to normal again. Both yeah. crying. Laughter and crying yeah. mm. mixes together all of the time. People uh, cry the time. when they laugh. Of course. It's weird when it catches you, when yes. it's like it's, it comes at you in a way that, and that's what I like about the show is that. You know how a song can just get you and you're gone and you don't even... And then you just laugh at the fact that that's just... that's how, There's something... It's not cerebral. It's an entirely visceral. And that's what I like. That's it, exactly right. There's nothing else I've ever seen that tries to capture almost... It's ephemeral in a way. Emotions are just so hard to... They're willow-wisps and they, cut, they blow through your consciousness at, like anything. And this show sort of slightly harnesses that in a way that... It's really hard to capture that in a, in well, a sitcom I, format. I think that's what people don't realise, that um, people say to me, uh, oh, were, you, were you acting there or really crying? And that, that doesn't make sense to me mm. because I am acting... Mm. But I'm really crying. Yeah. yeah, you can't fake tears yeah. plopping out of your tear duct. There's only how, one. how do you get there? I can only do is... it once. Whenever there's a scene, I can only do it once. I, I get there if it's real. I get there if I feel it. If I don't cry at something I'm meant to cry at, it's not good enough. 
And is that just based solely on the words on the page, if they can take you there? Yeah, and I usually write those at altitude drinking champagne. I was on, on set one day and there's a scene between us. And I, I'm, I'm in the office and I leave and I just I sat near the monitor. I thought, oh, oh I didn't yeah. know what was coming next. It was the Mandeep scene. And you and Mandeep are in a scene and I'm looking at the monitor and I thought, oh, what's happened? Something's yeah. happened on set. And he, like Ricky starts getting upset. And, he's, and I was like, have they just done that? It was... It was insane. And then when I said cut, Joe came in with her little little headphones on, sobbing, going, what are you doing to me? (laughs) (laughs) Is everyone all right? But you need space to be able to get to that. And that's quite rare on a shoot. Because often on a shoot, things are very rushed. And there's a, you know, it's, it's hard to explain that, this is not a normal kind of working process and there's there's air around it. And because what you're saying about casting and being able to cast people, that because there's that trust from you, mm. then we know that we can get... And I think laughter, authentic laughter is as hard to hit as tears, actually. It is. To make... There's bits that we do where I'm laughing. Yeah. That's not yeah. acting. You've I'm got a bit, cracking it's got a bit up. Again, you and can't, similarly, you can't, can't laugh that. somewhere that isn't you funny. You can't fake no. that. But there's no. a bit in the first series where we see the woman in hospital who's been paled on a spike. Yeah. And I get sent that clip at least once a day with someone saying, you can see Tony's corpse. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> and then all they say, are you corpsing? I, say, I genuinely don't know. Yeah. I think I think I'm acting. I think you're acting as well. Because you knew I was it was in you knew you knew that I was um but grumpy and uh, Yeah. And I I, th- I think I find your joke funny in it. But yeah. I know two seconds after I would have just been really laughing at something anyway. Well, so me and Lenny are best friends in it, right? That's the point, right? <laughs> and people say uh, um they love the relationship because I I tease him. That's what a friend does. And he lets me, he says in series one, I'm his, I'm his sort of human stress ball, you know. Uh, uh, Some of the things you say literally. to him, it's just... So... Literally at times. Yeah. And you're yeah. squeezing me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the roll of fat at the back. He's like a pug. <laughs> say, yeah. It's such a beautiful dynamic, though. It's great. It's really, it's really it reminds, natural. It reminds me really. of loads of friendships I've got. They're all a yeah. bit like that, really. It's sort yeah. of... It's well, a working it, class blokes got, People got to realise that working class blokes don't compliment each other to, for, to a hug, for a hug. They insult each other for a hug. That's yeah. how we do it. That's how we do well, it. But what's ever, really sweet, I think, in this one, you really see how happy Tony is for, yeah, for Lenny. Yeah. That Lenny's found June. And, and you sort of you see you watching it and being happy for yeah. him. You wouldn't yeah. say it because you'd feel like a dick. Of course. But you feel <laughs> exactly. it. Of course. And you can see you feel I'm, it. I'm nice about my friends behind their back. Yeah. yeah. In fact, when you do, <laughs> whenever it does leak through, everyone in the office looks sort of surprised and a bit worried that you've said something nice. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky, you, you have said previously that the second series or something should be the best. Yeah. How is that theory holding up? I, I think life? it is. I think it's funnier. I, I think it uh, it uh, it gets more embroiled. I think you're more invested with everyone and you care about not just them as individuals, but as how they work as a, as a unit. I think the town has become a, a character. Mm. I think that the dog... I think real, people will realise how important the dog is, genuinely, not in a, a jokey way like everyone. Everyone says their favourite character is the dog, but they're half-joking. But it is, it's absolutely integral that, uh, uh, that, that the dog in Tony's life is literally a lifesaver. Um, I realise that people love the silly news stories. 
People send me real news stories saying, can this get in the Tanbury Gazette? So there's more of those. Yeah, and, that's brilliant. Uh, and, it, and it's great. And it's a, an excuse, you know, it's all, it's, it's, I think it's the richest world um, I've ever created. I agree. There's I a whole plot in this, that, by the way, that we haven't mentioned at all, that it's got some of the funniest stuff I've seen but, in can't. years. Yeah. Just, there's a whole story Ken that goes on. Ken Otley <laughs> and his <laughs> Amdram players. Yeah. Yeah, one of the stories see... is, uh, is uh, well, so June and Lenny are shacked up. Her adult kid uh, goes to Amdram. And so <laughs> um, uh, we, we follow that and it becomes... It becomes another world, an yeah, endless it's well. It's extraordinary. I'm so it's glad extraordinary, I wasn't there for proper... I was so gutted I wasn't there for that. I'm I mean, so glad oh, they were the best There's one days. scene we filmed there. You, you were there, weren't you, Joe? Yeah. With me, you, Mandy. Everyone. And it was impossible oh, to get through. When we're talking to Ken Otley's yeah, telling you... Uh, yeah, Colin yeah. Holt just went off on one. It's, in, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think that scene's in because we couldn't get through no, it. I mean, that, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And the psychiatrist uh, is back. We're madder than ever. Oh, amazing. We tried that in one day, and I was at the monitor, and I was ruining takes. I love that, though, because that's also another kind of um, depiction of, like, this kind of mentality. There's a mentality running through that character and a sort of unconsciousness and naivety. Well, he's a narcissist. Yeah. And I just think that narcissism, whatever percentage narcissism is... It's going to be the same percentage in actors as it is in doctors. You know, there are going to be narcissistic doctors, mm. you know. And so I made this guy just a, a, an alpha male who's just, who's angry. He's angry. Very. He's really angry. He's like, he, I've made him uber angry <laughs> white middle-aged male. I've made him the angriest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's why isn't the world, why isn't the world still mine? <laughs> Why is no? Why? What? Who are these other idiots who want a bit of equality? I'm, you know. He, he did make a couple of really good points, though. Well, he does. No, he does. He does. Sometimes. I don't want to give him away, but I was like, yeah. oh, I agree sometimes with you on that one. Sometimes are right. Yeah, a, 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 a broken watch is right twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the characters have, have definitely fleshed out from series one, aren't they? Like, um, yeah. Kath, Kath has got. You see a bit more about her. Oh, oh we see. Oh, she's got oh, story, her world. Well. We see why she's like she is. Um, my brother-in-law uh, has got a, a big, major story, um, which is why the sort of flashbacks are at his wedding. Um, everyone, yeah, there's more of everything, mm. as Trump would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that on this podcast. <laughs> would you say that season two is more hopeful, or are we not at that stage there's of always Tony's grief yet? I think there's always hope, and I think that I, I, I really, with the first... The first um, season on the poster was uh, Hell is Other People. And I want this one to be Hope is Everything. On that note, I think after speaking to you guys, we, we now speak to the real star of the show, uh, who is Brandy the dog. I'm Ash. I work for Stunt Dogs and Animals. I train animals for film and TV. So, Ash, here we are, Afterlife Season 2. Season 1 was a was a roar-away success. And whilst Ricky likes to think that he's the star of the show, that is not the case at all. Uh, the real star of the show, which I'm sure he'd actually admit to, uh, is slightly hairier than him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody about Auntie. Yes, um, Auntie is my dog. She's a German Shepherd. 
Um, I've had her ever since she was a puppy. She's the first dog I've ever had that I've trained from a puppy. Yeah. And um, she's just the most beautiful, wonderful, intelligent dog, in my opinion. How did she get the gig for Afterlife? Was it a rigorous audition process? It's a really interesting story and very unusual compared to all the other productions that we work on. I got an email from my boss saying, Ricky Gervais has just picked Ante for his new Netflix show, um, which isn't how it normally works. Normally we get a... we deal with art departments or production buyers, you know, yeah. people who are in production who are basically acquiring whatever animals they need for the show. Um, it's never normally that personal with the director, creator of the show, who's said, this is the one that I want. He yeah. says in interviews, it was like picking out a Russian bride because we have <laughs> like profiles of all our dogs on the website. Yeah, And um, yeah, he said he just picked her just on the way she looked because she's kind of like, he says she's like Scooby-Doo. And I think that's not a a bad description of her. And then we met in Hampstead Heath. I showed him how we trained her and what she could do. And he had a walk around the park with her and took a few photos with her. And that was it. He, he made up his mind. It she was love was the at dog. first sight. Can any dog become a stunt dog slash film No, star? the vast majority. <laughs> I knew it. The vast majority are not suitable. Um, we take a lot of rescue dogs. We rescue a lot of dogs. We have really good relationships yeah. with Battersea Dogs Home. So when, a, when they have a dog in that they think is going to be good for film work, they'll actually contact us and we get to see the dog before anyone else does. So, right. yeah, what we're looking for are dogs that are, you know, happy, outgoing, good with other dogs, good with people, um, and very greedy, um, and can travel very well. well greedy. greedy, yeah, right, for food. Because okay. we we're just training for food. They're doing everything for food. Um, so a lot of dogs don't quite make it. We, you know, we, we will look at them and we don't just train rescue dogs. We also, if you lived in my town, I live in Buckingham. And if I see you walking a dog that we might need on the books, I'll like approach you and say, Hey baby, do you want want your dog to be a star? You're like those weird (laughs) blokes that hang outside Topshop on Oxford street. Yeah. Like we meet dogs in the pub. Um, so, when we're on so, walks. so what is it then? Is it is it a temperament thing? I mean, clearly they have to be they have to have some degree of obedience. Yeah, we we doesn't really matter what the dog can do before we see it. Okay. What we're looking, so, so we're what just look looking for? for the specific outgoing, like happy and greedy dog, and right. we can basically turn that into a film dog. How? <laughs> I know that's the million dollar question, is but you must have the patience of saints. It doesn't take us that long to do. Like to get basics can take about three weeks. And then if the dog's really clever, yeah. we have like our top stunt dogs that can do loads of cool tricks. That takes a bit longer. Do they get have they got their own trailer? Do they get are they like preferential treatment? Do they get a few kind of like massages? Yeah, and... I mean some of them like the more famous ones, like we, we had Sykes Midsummer Murders, who's a very famous wow. dog. Uh, we do Dot Martin, Buddy from Dot Martin. Um, and like um, when Sykes was retired from Midsummer Murders, they they put on this massive thing for him. They bought him a, a nice bed with his name on it and stuff. <laughs> and like he was like it was like a proper retirement party wow. for him. And they still like post things about him on Facebook, and people are still distraught that he's Wonderful. not in Midsummer Murders anymore. But the new dog that's in it, Paddy, is also our dog. So he's like he's a young little. You've got the Jack monopoly Russell. on cool stunt dogs. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've got some really cool dogs. And and a lot of stuff that Auntie does as Brandy in in the show is affectionate it's, it's it's just being there for tony isn't it it's really clever and again quite different to most other things that we do how he's written her into the show in a very meaningful way 
Like we do a lot of jobs. We're in a lot of TV shows, a lot of films. But the dogs are normally kind of background. Maybe they'll have some like action to do or something important to do. But she doesn't do anything crazy in the show. But you really feel that she's important because of the subject matter and yeah. how she kind of keeps him going. And everyone can relate to it. Like everyone knows what it's like to like have something to look after and something that needs you and, and, and how important that is to some people to just keep them motivated to keep going. Um, and yeah, we're very, very proud of the reaction that she's had because the other thing with the type of dog that she is, most jobs she does, she's playing a nasty dog or right. a scary dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been mo- nine times out of ten, she's a police dog, like a yard dog or a, a Nazi. Like she's been a Nazi more times than I can count. Um, was there anything in season two that was a little bit challenging? Um, every now and then, Ricky would throw something at me on the day that's not necessarily in the script. He'll he'll want a, a particular mood. He'll say like Tony's feeling really down right now, and I want it to feel like she's trying to cheer him up. And I'll then have to come up with an action that she can do that conveys that. Yeah. Like in season one, another thing was he said, I want to take her to the graveyard and I want her to go to Lisa's grave. And um, all of our dogs are trained to go to what's called a mark, which is like a little piece of wood. It can be like a little block of wood or something. Um, But we couldn't see the mark in the... We could see the mark in the shot. So I had to use like a twig that was covered in moss. And I said, right, that's your mark now. And he lets her off the lead. It's the first one of the first shots in the first episode of season one. Yeah. And she sort of walks across the graveyard and lies down in front of Lisa's grave oh and looks at it. And it is like a, almost like Disney-esque yeah. type shot. And that is really highly trained thing. That is, you know, it, it, there is a, a twig covered in moss in a graveyard filled with twigs and moss. That is incredible. But she knew that was her mark. Wow. And it looks like she has that real connection. My final question is, how are you with kids? I've got four. Can you come around for a couple of weeks and just teach them their mark? It's called a toothbrush. <laughs> Me and my wife, we're quite similar to Tony and Lisa. On like We're, we're child-free by choice, and we're very, very happy. <laughs> You've chosen <laughs> yeah. you chose wisely. Yes. Listen, Ash, thank you so much for coming on What's Watch on Netflix. Give our, a huge love to Auntie, and we look forward to seeing her in, well, in, in, in all of her things. Brilliant stuff. Thank you. All right, thank you. Back to you, Dottie. Thanks for that, Jamie. And thank you so much, Ricky, Kerry, Tony and Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. That was amazing. Thanks, everyone. You're going to cry. I'm all right. I'm going <laughs> to probably wait till part two this afternoon. And Afterlife Series 2 out on the 24th of April. Right now, though, if you've already got up to date on Afterlife and you're looking for something else to watch, here's Gina. Gina, for the last time this season, how are you? I'm sad, Dottie. I know, but we have to put all feelings aside because we provide a service on this podcast, okay? You're right. There's no time for tears. There's no time for goodbyes. I just want to know what's on Netflix this weekend. Okay, this is so emotionally unavailable. Just cut to the the chase, okay? Okay. I'll be honest, it's a quiet week this week on Netflix, which is (laughs) ironic because A Quiet Place has come on the service today. If you don't know what Quiet Place is, it's a horror film, which I conveniently have not seen because I'm an absolute chicken, starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Now, 
this is just in time for A Quiet Place 2 which comes out in cinemas next week so if you like to lie and say that you've watched A Quiet Place which again I always do because I'm a scaredy cat you have a week to watch it who are we if we can't protect them we have to protect them what else did you watch Straight Out Compton yes. no because it's on the service oh <laughs> no I have never seen that movie I mean I <clears throat> I have never seen that movie. That more believable. You may remember last week we discussed uh, rappers being actors. Which, let's be honest, hit and miss. Hit and miss. Hit and miss. But Ice Cube, who was in straight... What's it called? NWA? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It's based on part of his story and his mm. son stars in it. Straight Outta Compton is a great piece of cinema. Just hit that first beat hard. Right? You cruising down the street. All right. Cruising down the street in my 6'4". Hey, that was dope, eh? I think sometimes you have to have a little bit of an attachment to really enjoy a biopic. Yeah. I think this one, you need none. Yeah, I totally agree, because I barely knew anything, honestly. You can go in there caring less yeah. about NWA and leave it a gangster rap fan. Yeah, yeah. Which was me for a couple of weeks when I saw it in cinema. And I'll be honest, I'm excited to watch it again. Same. Yeah. Maybe we could watch together so that we don't have to end it here, you know? I feel like you're trying to drag this relationship on. <laughs> I just, I'm going to miss you, Dottie. I'm going to be honest. This was purely about work for me. <laughs> no friendship. No, okay, fine. That's fine. But I'll see you on season two. Ooh. Well, Gina, what to watch on Netflix series one may end here. But that Netflix train keeps on a running. What is there for us to watch over the next few months? Okay, a couple things to look out for. Tiger King. A quick pitch to you because you're not going to know what it's about, but it's a documentary series that's coming out next week. It's from the same executive producer as Fire. If you remember Fire Festival, the documentary, it was mad. It was mm. about that festival that went wrong in, mm. I believe it was Barbe- Bahamas. Bahamas. Um, there was mm. that iconic scene by Andy King. So if you remember how wild that scene was and that story was, Tiger King is just as wild. Can't look at everyone the same again. Honestly, same. Mm. Same. On top of that, we also have Ozark season three. If you're a big Ozark fan, that third season is hitting Great the series. end of the month. So that's something to look forward to. Do you know what? Also. Misconception of Ozark, I've found people, because of the name, think it's a sci-fi show. Mm. I always get this with people. Like, have you seen Ozark? They're like, no, I don't like spaceships. Yeah. Why would you think there's spaceships in it, mate? I do kind of get it, though. Why? The name's a bit sci-fi-y, isn't is it? it? Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, or man. series by name. Mom, what are we doing here? Your father's laundering money for a Mexican drug cartel. Where's my five million dollars? One last thing. Did you watch I, Tonya? I did watch I, Tonya. Mm-hmm. Because I watch anything starring Margot Robbie. You know what? Shout out to Margot Robbie. Mm. Shout out to Margot. Indeed. Well, if you haven't seen I, Tonya, I, Tonya also comes on the service end of the month, which I'm really excited about because that's a fantastic film. It's so good. And it's a really good opportunity to watch it. End and again... You don't need to care no. about ice skating to be invested in this biopic. I didn't care. I couldn't care less about that. Truly, not a single care. I couldn't care less. I cared less than you No, about I, figure skating. I think I cared less than you, but that's all right. Big up, Margot. It's one of those ones where I, when I watch things like that, I need to, I need to Google to see if you look like the real people. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mum spectacular casting right i was the best figure skater in the world at one point in time so yeah 
Till season two, I guess. Until season two, Dottie. See you then. It's been fun. Really has. Thank you. That's it for today, and in fact, the whole season. What to Watch on Netflix has been an absolute blast. We hope it's helped you on your Netflix journey. What to Watch on Netflix is hosted by me, Dottie, and is written and produced by Jamie East. Editing and additional production comes from Cup and Nuzzle. What are you watching on Netflix? We'd love to know. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Netflix UK. (laughs) 